Now, you know, the sales happen while I'm sleeping. They're happening right now while we're talking on this, you know, this podcast. Printing some cash. I'm in a big lease. Tony don't miss me. Balling like Houston. Hey, feeling like Whitney. What is up, you absolute weapons? Welcome back to None of Your Business. So today is episode 10. We've got a very special guest on the show. But first of all, my name is Calvin Branson and I'll be your host today. And can I just take a minute to say how much I've missed you guys, man? It is good to be back. On today's episode, we have Chris Peters on the show. Chris is currently running his own fiber compare company. So what is your business? What do you do today? I've got a business called The Comparison Company. It is a software business, which is an aggregation and comparison software. So it allows us to compare and aggregate lots of different products and services. And the two comparison sites that we've currently got live in the South African market is Fiber Compare, um, which actually aggregates all connectivity across the country. So you would drop your address and it would give you all the different connection types available at your house. And in then that, all in the that service area. in yeah. that area, yeah, it's very area specific. Okay. And then all the costs and any, I mean, all the pricing, the service providers and any promotions that they might be running. Okay. But it is very, um, the useful part about it is that's very area specific. Like people don't realize um, you can't just go and look at like an M-Web package that costs 500 bucks or whatever it might be because you know, a couple of roads down, it might be on a different network and a completely different price. So it yeah. just takes, we've taken the coverage maps of all the providers and put them into one like national coverage map. And then we've overlaid all the providers and pricing and promotions on that. And how, so how long have you been doing this? What's the business called again? What's it's called the comparison company. So how long have you been grafting on that for? I've been grafting on this one for about two and a half years now. Okay. And yeah. so what were you doing before? Did you have some other companies going? Yeah. Let's just give us a bit more of your so, like history and, and I don't know if you have other companies going. Sure. So my background is actually advertising. I was mm-hmm. a strategic planner, a qualified copywriter, then uh, worked in some of the big agencies in Johannesburg. Um, and then when social media started becoming quite a popular platform for brands, um, I branched away from advertising because there was this nice little kind of like middle market um, opportunity where, you know, either the big brands are paying a fortune for social media, small businesses were trying to do it themselves, but they weren't really doing well. So there was this kind of like middle market where, you know, servicing small to medium sized businesses with social media services. So I went on my own and did that. It was a company called Like Social Media. And I spent um, a couple of years building that business, which kind of molded more into a activations and events business. So like experiential marketing, And through experiential marketing, there was a lot of custom development work that we would have to do at the activations and events. So when people walk into an event, it would check them in on social media automatically or lock, you know, link certain um, activities that they do at an event to social media and photo sharing and video sharing. So got a lot of things um, developed from a custom dev point of view, which led to us also developing other software platforms. Um, And then from that point, I've got a real interest in actually custom developing a lot of platforms. One of the original ones was, um, which we still work on today is Merge, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a Tinder for investors and entrepreneurs. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so two young founders that we still work with today approached me with the idea and we basically spec'd out the product and yeah, that one's in the market today now still. And so how did you transition into the fiber compare business from there? How yeah, did so you get into it? 
with the merge and other platforms, I got very much into the, 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 the product design. So working out all the different workflows of online platforms and systems and all that kind of stuff. And uh, one day I tried to buy fiber and it was very complex. Oh, set up your own fiber, you mean? Yeah, I just yeah, tried yeah. to set up my own fiber. So I started doing research and then I realized that, you know, because at my house, there's two different networks. There's Vimatel and OpenServe. So I was trying to compare prices and it was extremely confusing because I never knew what I was looking at. Like I would go onto one website and it would give me the price of a product and I go on another one and the price is completely different and I didn't understand that. So yeah, like I what even is going on? Yeah, yeah. I try to find a comparison site and I couldn't believe that one didn't exist. So I built it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I respect. So I just started like doing some research. There was one other competitor called Fiber Tiger that existed, um, but I just thought that I could do it better. So I built it and started making some relationships with um, the yeah. service providers, asking them if there's an appetite for that kind of business. Um, if there was, what would they kind of, how would the model work? Cause we don't want to actually own and build the customers. Like that's not the model, right? So we want to send the customers to, to the service provider. They can build and own the customer and then they just give us a commission for the successful sale. Okay. Some of them is ongoing commission, which is nice cause you can build a base. And then some guys give you like a once-off fee or a combination of both. Yeah. So you can build your kind of base and then just get the, the money for the cash flow to put back into the business and stuff. And so how did you get things going? Was it as simple as setting up a website, putting all these things on the website? What did you need to, you know, get the get the bases there? You yeah. Know, if someone explaining it to someone who has no idea how to start something. So the first thing I did was just see if there was a, you know, cause sometimes there's a gap in the market. Yeah, so you might, recognize the gap. There yeah. might not be a market in the gap. Yeah. Okay, which is why someone hasn't done it. So basically I just spoke to a few ISPs. Um, luckily a family friend was involved with Cool Ideas, one of the ISPs. So I had like an access to a resource to say, this is my idea. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think is like a fair commission? Um, you know, do you think there's appetite for this for ISPs being compared against each other? Like, you know, all those like hard questions because you can think an idea is amazing. You bring it to market and guys are like, actually, I don't want my price exposed to everyone, you know, because it becomes a price war. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I spoke to, so I, to, to answer your question, I got a few of the key ISPs together, which gave me agreements. And then from that, I had to get all the maps. So, so wait, did you approach them with this idea yes, of comparing yeah. the prices so and they I, were happy with it? So what I did is I actually mocked up a user interface. Okay. So I worked with my UX designer. I said, listen, this is my vision. This is what I want to do. Um, these are the providers that I'm working with. Can you please mock up all the screens and all the things of how we could actually go through that workflow and what how it would the comparison look like, would look yeah. like? Yeah. It's much easier to get buy-in when people can see something. Also, when people are putting their brand on something and the design is terrible, you not even get your foot in the door. So I always, you know, finding a good designer is like the best thing you can do. And also getting a good UX and UI designer, user interface and user experience designer for actual like layouts and mock-up and going through proper workflows is an amazing resource to have. So I work very closely with my user interface designer. His name is Vusi. We've been together from the start mm. and um, he's, he's got his own business, but he's amazing. So we did all the workflows and when people could actually see it and we took it to them and we explained what we were doing, we got some really good kind of initial interest. Mm -hmm. So we took those four or five service providers, decided to commit to the build. Um, but the way we, what we had to do is obviously get all their coverage maps. So when someone drops a pin, we've got to make sure that the providers that we had had big enough reach 
that the service is useful. You know, if you're dropping a pin in Bloemfontein and you're not getting any services or Cape Town not getting any services. So we made some connections with some of the big guys initially and they had like almost national coverage. And then from there, we used the success of those ISPs to just keep on onboarding other ISPs. But part, a major part of our success was that we very quickly made our software available to, to other companies that had much bigger customer bases. So for example, we partnered with Hippo. Yeah. So Hippo used our technology to also extend connectivity options to their clients um, through a white labeled so, uh, solution. All of their leads come through to us as our partnership. We then help commercialize and convert all of their leads. And then we have an arrangement between ourselves on how we kind of share that, okay. that commission. And what was the initial investment that you needed to put in? Was it quite substantial? Was it relatively, you know, cost-free to get things going? Or So the initial investment was probably around 100,000 Rand. Mm-hmm. Okay, what so was that for? Just getting the user interface set up? That was for the user interface and just doing the initial basic development, okay. which obviously handles the comparison, um, all the pricing and products, you know, algorithms which link to certain networks and the ability to handle leads between ISPs and us. Like that was literally where it started. Very simple. Yeah. And, you know, when you obviously when you start a company and you, you have the initial investment, you have an idea of, you know, the kind of returns or the timeline of when you'd like to, you know, somewhat make your money back and maybe move into profits. How has that been? Has it been, you know, faster than expected, a bit slower than expected? Has it been just, you know, spot on? What's, what's the structure with that? So I've, I've got a bit more of a cowboy approach. Like I believe in the idea and I go at it quickly and I want to get to market and have like a superior product. And then I'll kind of work on commercializing and getting the investment back um, over time. You know, some people are very different where they'll look at the initial outlay and then, you know, make projections on what they expect to return on that and then kind of work out some formula that within seven months they're going to be profitable and all that kind of stuff, you know. But because I was working on my agency and we had money coming into the agency, I was just using the agency's money to invest into something else. else, So it wasn't like I had to prepare all of these documentations for an external investor I got like some very good validations from the service providers that this would work mm-hmm. um, and from other people around the idea. So I just decided to wing it. And um, yeah, obviously now we have a lot closer view on what we spend and what we put back into the business because all the money that we made, we actually reinvested into the software to just make it better and better. Yeah, just keep pumping it back into the company. Exactly. Yeah. And also provide an interface for you know Hippo and some of our other partners to log into the, the software to go and have a look at their leads, how they're performing, what kind of commissions they're deriving from the from their campaigns. So it's just, it, you know, it's actually never ends. We still put, yeah. you know, every month we keep on developing and improving the software. Yeah. So it's just like a never ending story with on the development point of view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what would you, because, okay, you're definitely entrepreneurial. You've done, you know, started many different things and got many different things going. What would you say is like your... I guess the best way to put it, like your top skill, is it maybe sales? Is it, I don't know, uh, managing people? What would you say is your, your top attributes as an entrepreneur? I guess the answer to that would probably be sales and personal relationships. So like building networks? Yeah, just building, being able to kind of identify who I need to speak to and building those relationships and just kind of like working on those relationships on the sales point of view. Um, 
it's kind of like, you, you know, it's, it's a mix. The sales is knowing what to ask for, not pushing it too far, but also every time I took something to them, it was beautifully designed. It looks visually appealing. Done properly. There was yeah. no resistance in terms of them putting their brand on a platform like this, just based purely based on how it looks. So it was always being like really, you know, very properly prepared in terms of the presentation that it looks amazing. Um, and then, you know, so that what we ever presenting to these guys just looks professional. Like yeah. I think, you know, people call it vaporware. It's where you present something that doesn't already exist, but you know, you're presenting it as a, as an existing solution. As if it, did, as and if it does. They, yeah. And then when they say they're keen, you quickly go and build it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which and is the nature of a lot of software and features. Yeah. So would you consider this your passion? You know, the fiber compare company, would it be something you could graft and pursue, you know, for the rest of your life or was, yeah, very much. It's yeah. just, um, you know, when I, was, when I was doing the agency stuff, you you basically sell hours and that gets very tiring because there's only so many hours you can sell and the services-based businesses are very tough. So it was actually a very conscious decision to start to branch more out into digital channels. Um, and now, you know, the sales happen while I'm sleeping. They're happening right now while we're talking on this, you know, this podcast. Printing some cash. Yeah, we I like can it. log into my dashboard right now and see the leads coming in real time, how they're distributed to the, all the ISPs, how they're converting, yeah. the commissions that are due. So it's just like a really exciting thing once you build it and it get, gets that momentum. And you know? built it yourself. So that's that must be extremely fulfilling as well. You built know? it from the ground up. And now we've also built a whole bunch of software products off of this off of the software which the guys in the fiber industry are using and so in starting this or maybe in one of your other you know ventures in starting anything you have you encounter challenges and hurdles and you know setbacks mm. what would be one of the biggest challenges or setbacks that you faced in your you know um career as an entrepreneur i think i wouldn't say it as i call it a setback more as like a you know just the result of being an entrepreneur but i think you sacrifice a lot of your own you know, money, you don't get a salary and, you know, you have to put money back into the business and, you know, in some months there's not enough money for you, but you have to pay other people or those kinds of things. So that's, I think those kind of challenges don't go away for a long time until your businesses are established. So I think, you know, that that's always like a little bit of a setback because you feel like you're working so hard and you can see the vision, but you know, you, you don't always get that visible reward. You don't always have cash yeah. in the bank. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever sat back and felt like you've made it? You know, everyone has that idea in their mind of what that would look like. I think, you know, I think, have you ever felt like that? Or if not, what would that look like for yourself? So I don't, definitely don't think I've made it. I'm like very ambitious. And I think that what we've done so far is amazing. And um, we've got a new comparison site launching today, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, it compares credit cards and um, savings and investment accounts from the banks. So it shows you, you know, you can put in what you spend and it'll tell you how many rewards points you get and like the best credit cards for rewards and all that, which is the like different like packages and whatever. Exactly. Yeah. How much, what all the bank charges are, all the benefits if you get lounge access and all that. So, yeah, I think, you know, I've got big ambitions to go into Africa and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm very proud of what I've done, but definitely don't feel like I've made it, but I'm certainly heading in the right direction, I feel. Do you, can you envision what that moment would look like for you? Would it be, you know, maybe building this big company and then eventually selling it one day? Would it be, I don't know, you know, yeah. having set up things throughout Africa, would you then feel, you know, somewhat accomplished? What would that look like? Or is it hard to put, you know, yeah. an actual pin in it? So I guess 
you know, my next goal is to launch into a few African countries before the end of next year. So I've, I've kind of like put milestones in place. Mm -hmm. Obviously the end goal is if, you know, some massive company comes and buys a big stake in your business and it gives you access to that capital, you know, in your bank. Um, but yeah, my goal is to take the comparison company global for anyone like kind of like a WordPress thing. So if you want to do a comparison site, you can come on, you can choose a product that you want to compare. You can go through certain templates and then you can launch it as a software, as a service. So anyone can launch their own comparison sites. Mm -hmm. That's the ambition from a software point of view for fiber compare. It's to the immediate focus is in Africa so that you can drop a pin anywhere in Africa. doesn't matter where you are and be presented and get all the different features. options. Yeah. Okay. So basically having a coverage map for <clears throat> Africa. Okay. Let's put it like that. That's, That's my big dream. And if, you know, in, in your journey, there's, you know, you come through like crossroads and you have to make different, sometimes tough decisions. If there, is there anything you can think back and think, ah, oh, I wish I maybe did that one a little bit differently or, you know, took a different route for that. That might've set you up a bit further in the game. I guess the one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs get into is, you know, when they first come up with a business, they look at people around them and they, you know, everyone gets a share. So you can start with a business or someone, you come in 50, 50 without really evaluating the, what skills everyone's bringing to the table. The value that they're bringing. The value yeah. that they're bringing, the roles and responsibilities, you know, and, um, I think I've done it a few times in my life where, you know, you end up doing most of the work or not most of the work, but you, the share that you gave away up front was maybe not the correct kind of share. So not I think the, right the lesson of that is to, you know, if you can, if you can pay for those services, rather pay for them and look after your equity, if you really believe in the idea, um, you know, the whole thing about don't do business with friends, can sometimes get a little messy, although I've had really good experiences with working with friends on that note, on the agency side of things. But yeah, I think just having awkward conversations around shareholding and, you know, yeah, initial yeah. structures that were set up in the beginning, which just actually weren't the right fit. Um, but that being said, all of those conversations that have happened and been had, were all like kind of understood by all the partners and we all in a good space, but it's just, something that I would recommend people avoid upfront. Yeah. It's just, awkward to approach it later on yeah. in the game. Yeah. It's a bit of like just a go, you know, in the room thing. Yeah. You don't have to give away 30% share because someone's a designer, you know, you can pay someone to do the design. Yeah. And, and keep think, the 30% for keep yourself. Keep the 30%. Yeah. I think that would be my advice, you know, okay. to, if you've got a good idea, protect that idea. It's always nice to involve friends and feel like you like everyone's helping each other out, but just be a little bit more selective. You know, pay for things that you can pay for. Yeah. Okay. Um, if a friend's a developer, that's cool, but it always just gets messy. I just found it's, it, it actually helps more when you're paying someone to do the service. It's never late that you're buying a service from them and it's just they can't leverage that friendship and that kind of thing, you know. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So those are some of the awkward things. Um, access to capital to really accelerate it is another one. Um, so I was just bootstrapping this on my own. Also using some of the funds from my agency. And, um, you know, during that time, another competitor kind of came into the market and it really kind of made me scared. They had big funding behind them. They were doing activations in malls and it was a very similar service. They were called Find My Fiber. And uh, yeah, that was, it made me a little bit nervous because I put all this time in and I'd come to market with like a really good product. And these guys kind of came in a bit late and, 
like a hurricane seemed like they were like attacking the market. So yeah, that wasn't a hurdle. Luckily we are the number one comparison platform in South Africa, but it was definitely scary. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So if you believe in the idea and you think that you know, it's easily replicable, it's a good idea to try and capture some market share up front okay. and not kind of sit on your thumbs, you know? Yeah. So moving a bit more personal, what would you say is your estimated net worth? So it's a difficult one because, you know, I definitely don't have a lot of money in the bank, but I've got a majority shareholding in my current business, which has been valued. So, you know, from an equity point of view, it's pretty decent. Um, I don't know, like a couple of million, but like I said, you know, the ambitions are much higher than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're not stopping. I want to get that to a couple of hundred million dollars and then I'll be happy with <clears throat> the net worth. But for now, quite comfortable with where I am. Don't really need cash in my bank account right now. I'm very kind of dedicated to just growing it, growing my equity and my value in that equity in the businesses and working with smarter and smarter people who can make that equity worth even more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my goal. You know, yeah. it's like almost in a way like fake money. You know, it's wrapped up in shares and it's only as worth as much as someone's worth willing to pay for it. But uh, yeah, there are people willing to pay for it and we are raising capital and it's starting to get exciting to see the value of those shares come to life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, would you say you're happy at the moment? Very. Yeah. I love what I do. We've got a bunch of new verticals coming out in solar and home security and we just launched the credit card one. So I'm loving it. Um, can't wait to go into Africa. I love what I do. I wake up in the morning, I check my dashboard to see how many leads have come through. So yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah. There. Okay. And lastly, what is one message you would give to uh, a young entrepreneur, you know, someone looking to start something new or looking to pursue their own personal venture? Um, <clears throat> another way you can think of it is, you know, a message you'd give to your younger self before you got started. Mm -hmm. You know, what is one message you would want to give? It's advice that I'm going to give, but I haven't always necessarily done it myself, which is to just do proper research to make sure that, you know, even though you think it's a good idea, make sure that someone, other people are willing to pay for it. So I think guys come up with an ingenious idea. They're very shocked that it's never been done before, but there might be a reason that it hasn't been done before. Um, another piece of advice would be to, yeah, I guess, I guess it also relates back to what I was saying before, you know, where, you know, just look after your equity. Don't give away too much upfront. It just gets uncomfortable if, you know, you're relying on those services from shareholders, just in my experience, yeah. you know, you can, it's harder to demand timelines and to meet deadlines and to get to market quick enough because you're working on a friendship basis and you're not keeping someone accountable for, 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 for delivering that service. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's I that. like a major, major thing, you know, just look after your equity. If you've got a good idea, rather go raise some capital to pay for it, than partnering with people and giving them equity in order to make it happen for free. You know, yeah. nothing is really for free. So yeah, it'll cost you a bit later down the line. Rather pay for those services. Yeah. That's my advice. All right, cool. Well, yeah. Once again, thank you so much for it's joining us. Pleasure, man. That's it for this week's episode of None of Your Business. Thank you so much for watching and listening. You can support the show by subscribing to our YouTube channel. And if you want to see some behind the scenes stuff, give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at None of Your Business Pod. As always, I appreciate the love and we'll see you guys soon. Like I'm in a big loop.